Hey everyone, I'm so excited to have my good friend Jude Bluereau with me today. Hey Jude! Hey. I feel like I'm going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh Joe, we haven't caught up for so long. It's so Hi. good to be here. And hello to each and every single one of you here on this podcast. It's really lovely to meet you. Everybody um, probably knows you, but just in case they don't, um, Jude is a very experienced whole food cook. She, I call her the whole food guru of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's, oh, how many, you've got five cookbooks now, Jude, is it? Five cookbooks, yeah. I, that was five was enough. <laughs> yeah, and they are not just your regular cookbook. They are like, Definitely. you go back to them for research. Like I really like, I'm such a big believer and have always been is like you not you need to know what, but more important than what is you need to know why of the exactly. what. Exactly. Yeah? And then the how. Yes. And so a lot of my readers would notice that I don't have a whole lot of pictures or photos, not as gorgeous photos and many as you have in your beautiful <laughs> because I want to spend time telling people why and I have to tell you that in all of my books probably about a half of them are edited out because there's so many words I know it's so hard to get the words down and these are big thick books guys if you haven't seen Jude's books you need to go and have a look at her website which is what's your website again um wholefoodcooking.com.au thank you yeah. um, so you'll find them on there um, but yeah, award-winning cookbooks. There's just so much just basic common sense stuff in there, but also there's science behind baking and, you know, trying to, you know, you get as food, food writers and um, recipe developers, we get the questions all the time about baking fails or, you know, different things. And Jude addresses a lot of that in her books, just because once you understand the science behind how something works or the why, um, then you can figure it out for yourself. Makes such so. a big, mm. makes such a big difference, and it's what empowers that person to go on and be successful. Exactly. Yep. And I think there's a couple of things I just want to kind of say there is that it's a really wonderful thing that that dear listener, you should be so proud of yourself that you are wanting to make changes for the better in nourishing yourself and those you love. But if you have a husband or family, you only have at the most two, if really one, um, chance to do that. So if you're dealing with something new, like, for example, you want to do quinoa, for example, and you cook it and you don't understand all the, you know, the intricacies of quinoa, um, and your kids go, oh, and your husband says, oh, that's revolting. It's gone. That chance <laughs> is gone. That happened you to me so with milk kefir with Isaac. Yep. One yep. chance I overdid it. It was too sour and yep. gross. He yep. would not touch it. And this is five years later. Yeah, and you will still be teased about that today. Yes. It's kind of and 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 your children are wonderful and exposed <laughs> to so many fabulous things, but they still kind of use it as a kind of a teasing kind of thing you know mm -hmm. and and so I think that's really important but just a little word on my books is like uh, I actually think now because so much was edited out of the books because it has to be because they can't publish a tome um, 
And the thing that I'm really pleased about now is that in online classes, I can, which I've been doing for about three or four years now, I can go into so much more depth. Yeah. Um, and 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 so much more explanation. And I love being able to do that. Yeah. It makes a huge difference for people too, huge. too. As yeah. you're cooking and they're watching. The whole time you're doing things, there's little things that you're doing that people go, oh, is that how you do that? Oh, is that, you know, it's so so much that you see, not just when you write it down in a book, you can't share everything. Oh, and you know that too, Joe. Yeah. And and, um, my colleague in Sydney, Holly Davis, who I think is equally a whole food guru. Yes, she um, is. She's just (laughs) a legend. And it's like it's we both find that actually when on over the many years of teaching face-to-face um, or with, online or whatever, it's that sometimes you don't realise what you're doing that that you just do instinctively. For mm-hmm. example, one example is when I fry pikelets or fritters or things like that, when I go to turn them over, I instinctively, <laughs> just subconsciously, lift the pan ever so slightly mm. when I'm putting the 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 little the little I've got a lovely little kind of flipper Same. that yeah. goes in and that just helps you ever so gently you're not you're not lifting it massively but it just helps you um turn the pikelet over that little bit easier it doesn't have to fall as far so little things like that yeah, yeah. that's right that you don't even realize that you do exactly so yeah. good Um, And I really love about Jude, for those of you who don't know Jude, that she um, is all about nourishing the body and the soul. And it's like, it's not just the nutrient breakdown in the food. It's the joy. It's the deliciousness, right? It's the traditions. It's the community. And that's something we we love to talk about um, here on the podcast. And that's what I love about your work too, Joe. But it's that we are not just physical beings. Yeah. I mean, I like to think we're a spiritual being having a human experience. But even if you don't believe that, nonetheless, you are both. You are a physical body and you are, a, you can call yourself an emotional or feeling or spiritual kind of body. Um, and that that is entailed in all those things, for example, and recognised in biodynamic farming. And I'm talking about the the true biodynamic farming, the Demeter, one handed down by Rudolf Steiner. That that example, for example, that when you enjoy your meal, and you're with good company, and you're living, you're having your meal in a three dimensional setting, not watching TV or having phones or you're connecting with people and hearing them you know right there and then or etc that you digest your food so much more and I'm so I'm a really big believer in body and soul and and we look at all the nutrients and all the macro micro enzymes phytonutrients etc that we need for the physical body to survive but the soul needs nutrients to survive and those nutrients are joy and deliciousness yeah i agree totally and that brings us to our main topic today because i really want jude to talk about the um the modern idea that sugar and sweet 
is a dirty word. <laughs> so what do you think, Jude? Is sweetness a dirty word? I, I think sweetness and fat are both uh, are both dirty words, and I think that that's certainly the fat thing is the post-70s mm. and kind of 60s, 70s in Australia, um, and then you also see that probably more so in the 80s and 90s, um, sweetness becoming a really dirty word. And I, I actually want to go a little bit backwards as well because I actually think that what we're seeing is this real manifestation of imbalance and, mm. and the fractionalization of the healthy, natural, whole food kind of world that really start you started to see compound in the 90s. Yeah. And then in in the 2000s, you know, in 2010, and it's only just got worse. And do you and feel like it started with all the food science becoming the cool definitely. way forward? Yeah. Definitely. And I think there's lots of studies on that or, or lots of writings on that, that when I think Michael Pollan calls, Michael Pollan calls it um, nutritionalism. Yeah, that's okay. and that's very much tied in with marketing as well. Yeah. In fact, anywhere you want to look these days, I'm getting digressing here, Joe. No, digressing. You want to look here. What you're seeing is marketing. Um, mm. It's all about marketing. It's all about sales. It's all about profit. Whether it be about early childhood education, which is another passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be about oh, the, the medical system. Um, whatever you want to look at. And and Michael Pollan talks about it really beautifully about this nutritionalism is when they could start saying, oh, you've got this nutrient or that, or it's calcium enriched or things like this, they can make more money out of it and market mm. it. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's kind of was a very early kind of stage of it. But nonetheless, where we are is in a situation where, some things are good and some are bad. We've lost this perspective of, and I think that also arises from the loss of food culture. And you and I yes. spoke a lot about food culture, mm. which is the, the wisdoms or the understanding of different areas that help humans stay alive and stay well. So there's shelter culture, how to build. There's fire culture, how to build a fire. There's farming culture but in food culture it's like here's how to eat here's Mm. how to grow food here's how food that is good to grow here's how we eat um for example when I was growing up you never ever ever I never would have dreamt of having a meal on the run never even when if your mum or dad were working my dad was Always home by quarter to six, mm. five thirty, quarter to six, because that was the work day, nine to five. Yeah, and he had a big job, but families ate together. You didn't have a brownie for breakfast or a piece of toast for breakfast. You had egg or things like that or porridge, Same. that kind of thing. Mm. And that's all. Well, it's pretty much all gone. Yeah, it used to be handed down by the churches. Mm-hmm. Um, used to be handed down by the government. For example, we had raw milk at school when yeah. I was school in my early days in the 50s. Um, and in the United States and England, you see that in the school lunch program, which has gone to crap these days. But nonetheless, that was the principle that was there. And it was handed down in the home. Now, most of that's all gone. Mm-hmm. And so you get this 
there's no grounding. There's nothing tethering anything anymore. Yeah. And when you get that, you get this, this is good, this is bad. And and they have they marketing writers, books, whatever you want to say, absolutely hammered, hammered this idea that saturated fat is evil, cholesterol's evil, um, and and it's entrenched and that sugar is bad and that and that sweetness is bad. Mm. And my personal feeling is it's done nobody any favors. I've yeah. worked many years doing food coaching. And my average client was women in their 40s that had followed this to the letter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And their bones were shot. They were mm -hmm. deeply unhappy in their life. And it was this harsh kind of restrictive kind of diet, you know? And an intense sort of, um, well, very stressful, tense kind of way of looking at food that you've Absolutely. got to do the right thing. You know, oh, oh no, that's the wrong thing. And now I've yeah, messed exactly. up and yeah, yeah, I feel terrible yeah. and I'm so guilty. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I tell you something really interesting just, and this is just a little bit off track, but we can come back on track mm. is just recently in the past eight weeks, I've seen two articles, believe it or not, saying what we people have known forever um, is that um, cholesterol is a marker of longevity, especially for women. Yes, I and have been seeing that too. It's yeah, crazy. amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so many more studies and articles on the importance of cholesterol for brain yeah. development and hormones. Yeah, it's and, just yeah. great to see. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we, we are going to have a podcast soon on fats, I think, because um, I get so many questions about fats. It's fats and sugar. I think that they're just so confusing for people. They are. It's, yeah. I have to tell you, fats are my favourite subject. But you know Oh, that. well, I should have just got you. You can talk about fats as well. I don't mind. <laughs> no, we can, well, let's talk about sugar. Kind okay. of first. And I think the thing that I'd like to say first of all is that, you know, so my mum passed away was it not last year but the year before she was a hundred she probably wow. could have gone on for another few years but she was very keen to be leaving <laughs> mum was not <laughs> in her home but yeah. hadn't been out of her home for very long and she's mm. like I'm not done yeah um, but anyway she and all her generation grew up with really good fundamentals, you know, like mm -hmm. eating season because there was no other option. Everything was cooked from scratch, no other option. Um, they sat down to eat. They had good fat in their diet. They ate everything you wanted, food closer to its natural state. All those kind of the soil was better, all those kind of good foundational things they did. Yeah. They, they were less, they weren't running around like crazy people. They had stress in their life. They had war. Um mm and etc. But in their diets and in mine growing up and most women in, of or people of my age, we had white sugar and white flour all the time. <laughs> we always had cakes in our lunchbox or a biscuit and we always had dessert. Yeah. Every yeah, so it was the only way to kind of feed a growing family. Yeah. And most of that generation were healthier than we are today. Mm. And lived long lives, yeah. Most of that generation lived in their late 90s, 100s. I know yeah. 
know someone who's 107 that's still going strong. Wow. Um, and also yeah. there was much less obesity. So much less. You know, they had to walk mm-hmm. you know? um, and exercise, you know. They didn't, have, natural. they didn't have natural. Yeah. Part of they, life. Exactly. And I think the thing that I want to say first and why I say this about sugar is, and I'm talking so we're, we're meaning refined cane sugar because there are lots yeah. of other sweeteners. And sure, it doesn't meet our core whole food principle that we want to eat our food as close as possible to its natural state. But when you're having white sugar and white flour in balance and moderation within a good, whole, broad, nutrient-dense diet and a lot of your other foundational core whole food principles are in place and mention some of those, eating your food as close as possible to its natural state, eating it as close as possible to harvest, Mm. eating seasonally, um, cooking from scratch, uh, you know, having good soil, not eating, you know, sprayed food. You know, the issue, the stuff on glyphosate is just getting worse. Scary. Scary. Mm. Um, And not eating food full of additives, you know, eating food that your body has developed to understand and managing your stress Mm -hmm. and not going 100% all the time. That's how nature works. It has seasons. It comes up, it comes down. There's seasons of rest, et cetera, and sleep and all those other issues. I absolutely don't have an issue with white sugar and refined Mm -hmm. white flour, but I prefer not to eat. I just want to say that first up. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be focusing more on getting other fundamentals in place than going, oh, my God, sugar's bad. Oh, yeah, remember that I quit sugar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> so damaging for yeah. so many people mm-hmm. because, like, that is a perfect example of, of if you are working 14 hours a day or so like that, person was in a very high powered job yeah working most seven days a week grabbing food just from takeout or whatever and eating it it's like duh things are going to go astray it's not necessarily the sugar that's Mm. it's, it's not great it's 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 definitely not optimal but i'd really love to take that burden of guilt off people Mm. If, if you can focus more on getting some of your other other foundational principles in place, things will even out a bit more anyway. And then you can start progressing. You don't have to do it all at once. Mm. And then you can start progressing more to working with semi-refined sweeteners and unrefined sweeteners. But they behave very differently. And that's why when you want to know the the what sweetener, the why, and how the heck do I use it? And when it comes to baking, as you know, and I like to say that whole food baking, it's a lot of people say that baking's a science, but when you get into the whole food world, it's it's kind of like an an instinct as well. It's it like is. it's like children. It's mm-hmm. like it's like it's like real life. It's yeah. And this is the same with any 
real, you know, organic, regenerative, biodynamic fruit or vegetables. Like every time you use one, it will be different. Yes. Sun that was on it in the field, the, the nutrients in that field, how long it's been harvested, all sorts of things. They're different all the time. And batches of flowers, um, yep. like the only industry there's standardization is the wheat industry around the world. None of the other flowers, doesn't matter what they are, mm -hmm. if they're not wheat, there's no standardization. And and what one might be from one supplier, so let's say barley, barley flour. Barley flour from in Australia from four leaf is going to be different from barley flour from Kayala. I much prefer the four leaf. But you get a recipe mm -hmm. and you've got one of my recipes and it's got one cup, 110 grams of barley flour that's got more bran and germ in it and you're, and you're using Kayala. Your liquid ratios will be out. Yeah. And vice versa. So they're all different. Yeah. And with sweeteners, very popular sweetener for people to convert a recipe that you might have done or that I might have done because they want it to be healthier is go, oh, I've used coconut palm sugar. Yeah, because coconut palm sugar is very in. Yeah, mm -hmm. very in. It's, <laughs> it's on the cover of Vogue, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But if you replace one cup of Rapadura with one cup of coconut palm sugar, you are going to have liquidity issues. Okay. Because Rapadura, because all sweeteners are part of the liquid ratio of your recipe. Yeah. And liquidity is really important in whole food baking because if it's, you don't have enough liquidity in those flours that are heavier and denser than refined white wheat flours that you find in supermarkets, your leavening can't move as freely through the batter, yeah. Mm. And if it's too wet, then then you have you don't have enough flour, um, you don't have enough flour to absorb that liquidity, and it kind of can rise and collapse. Yeah. And so, when you replace it with coconut palm sugar, you have less, you have problems with leavening, with the leavening moving through the mix. Often get tunneling of the leavening mm -hmm. and you're also um and it will be more crumbly because there's not enough ability for it all to bind together you know the starch doesn't have enough liquidity mm -hmm. so yeah, it's interesting it's not just a and this is what I see a lot of people do oh my god and I'm just rambling I'm sorry no uh, it's interesting it's so interesting keep going what was I saying it's what uh, this is what people I, it's like I will post something like like I'm sure you've had the experience too where I post something and they're like oh I'm this is gr great I'm gonna convert it to gluten-free or something like that and they'll and then they post again or email me and say oh my goodness that was didn't work out and they're just it's it's, it's that's not straight swaps generally <laughs> conversion but everything you do, impacts yeah yeah I have to give you an example um, 
on Monday, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post on Monday, my sister and I were cooking together and she... I did. I did. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, I, I smiled. <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, can you use up all these soggy bananas and just make my chocolate banana cupcakes? She helps me in the kitchen on Mondays to help me basically so I can get a lot done while I'm also doing computer work but also recipe testing but this was just a old recipe that always works and I was like can you just get rid of these bananas make a double batch of the grain-free chocolate banana cupcakes um, they're also egg-free they're like one of those one of those recipes that most people can eat right and so I make up a heap of them and stick them in the freezer and they're really fudgy and yummy they just completely collapsed. And straight away I knew it was too much liquid and I was like, well, maybe the bananas were too soggy. Um, but I've used soggy bananas before and then I'm trying to think what it could have been. And um, I said, what milk did you use? And usually I use coconut milk, but I make my own from coconut cream. I just add a little bit of water. So it's yeah. still quite yeah. thick. Yeah. Um, she goes, well, I used cow's milk. I'm like, oh, I haven't used cow's milk in those before. And then there was something else. I think it was a different coconut flour than I usually use. Coconut flour really varies. Um, oh, my goodness. Everything varies. Everything varies. And then it was, so the, so the bananas were wetter than usual. The milk was probably thinner than usual. The um, coconut flour was a different, sort of a different texture. And I feel like there was something else. Oh, she used butter instead of coconut oil, which I wouldn't oh. usually think. Yeah, but, but. See what you've got going on. So many that, variables. <laughs> yeah, you only want to convert with one variable. One variable, yes. Um, but it's like when you use butter, you've got so you had less fat in it. Yeah. Um, you had probably more liquidity in the bananas, just a little bit. But I think the butter and the coconut oil is the big. Is the okay, big, it is. Okay, I didn't think of that because I suppose butter like, still has some milk solid, um, it milk 20%, in it. Yeah, 20%. Yeah, good and to I know. 20% liquidity can make a big difference. Yeah, that's really good to know. I yeah, it's like and swapping oil for butter. So say your mm. recipe's got 100 grams of butter yeah. and you want to convert it to a, and it's got half a cup of milk, whatever yeah. milk it is, yeah, in that recipe then you want to convert using oil, you would do 80 grams of mm. coconut oil and 20 mils extra of milk. Ah, yes. Because mm. I usually do take the coconut oil down a bit if I'm using that yeah. instead of yeah. butter. Yeah, you do. So, you take it down by about 20%. But I wasn't watching and I was just like, yeah, just make that recipe. And <laughs> she's, what? No she's, a, she's a slapdash cook like me. <laughs> it's real life. It's real it's, life. It's good it's for people life. to see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and then on. you go, but I, with my, um, I want to know why. I, I always want to know why. So then I just kept puzzling it out and I was like, right, now I've got to make it again and just yeah. make sure that this is right because I've now that I've thought it through. So, yeah. yeah. And that's what, yes. Yeah, so that's when you get lots of chocolate muffins happening or let's say in my case, probably about the 15th <laughs> chocolate cake. That yes. But you know, there's always people willing to take some. So you know what I, you know what I've been doing because uh, I've actually because I've been doing so many cakes in like checking and converting and everything and yes. film photography for whole food baking. <laughs> I've been putting them on on my local buy nothing group. That's <laughs> so cool. 
Oh, man, I wish I lived near you, Jude. What am I going to do? Well, some of them probably weren't so great. You know, <laughs> early conversions of, of some of them, but, yeah. That's so funny. Now, I always have a constant flow of visitors and kids and friends and cousins and nieces and nephews, yeah. and so yeah. Yeah. totally fine. Yeah. It never lasts long. Um, um, but, yeah, we had a bit of fun with that. So when I really want to talk about fake sweeteners because yep. when I say um, sweet isn't a bad word, that doesn't include fake sweeteners because that is a bad word. And can you just tell us a bit about why? Well, ultimately, again, what we're doing is coming back to our core whole food principles, okay? And I think my first online class is Revive, Restore, Reset, which is five core whole food principles. And if you do yeah. nothing else, yeah, it's like those ones, um, build a strong food culture, um, cook from scratch, source your food as close as possible to the person who grows it, eat your food closer to its natural state, choose meals over snacks, okay, yeah. five. And yeah. then there's a few more like eat seasonally and, you know, soil and stuff like that. Mm. Um, oh, hang on, I forgot, <laughs> forgot why I was started with that bit. So, uh, well, you start with that before oh, you. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know why. Okay, so included in that is is um, all about additives, etc. And that eating your food as close as possible to its natural state automatically excludes additives and chemicals. Yeah, yeah? it automatically excludes that. It's it's using what nature provides, yeah, yeah, um, and that is the skill of cooking, yeah, that is very rarely taught these days. So, uh, natural or wholesome sweeteners include cane sugars. Cane sugars uh, can be refined to just their white natural state, but or they can be unrefined, which is just the cane sugar that's expressed from the from the cane, as you would see lots of up there. Mm -hmm. you, and then it's um, put over heat at a very low heat to evaporate off, okay, evaporate the liquid off because wherever there's liquid, if you keep sap, which is what cane sugar is, anything that's got sugar in it, and you keep it in a liquid state, it's going to go mouldy. It's yeah. going to ferment. So this is what they so they re, they evaporate off that liquid. So you've got crystals and you can store them. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that is doesn't have as much liquidity um, um, ability in it because it's got lots of minerals and nutrients and phytonutrients and it's full of good things as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, that rapidura or panella, yeah. Yeah. sometimes called jaggery, etc. And it's got a very strong molasses flavour. So what's happening in the world for quite some time is that there are these semi-refined sugars and they are crystallised. So a Rapidura sugar is not crystallised. Mm -hmm. It's just granules. And so um, it, it is still these semi-refined sugars are still crystallised, but they don't go through like a double crystallization process. They're not bleached. They've got lots more nutrients left in them. And the brand in Australia that we have is Billington's, which is an mm -hmm. English company. The Billington's semi-refined sugars are divine, far less sweet than a white sugar, more flavor. They're absolutely beautiful. I love mm -hmm. them. 
So sometimes, let's say I'm doing a Genoise sponge, I want it to be beautiful and fill it with cream and the strawberries that will be coming into season. I don't want heavy flavours in that sponge. I could make it with a Rapidura sugar. It won't have as much rise, but I could do it with that. But I don't want to do that. I want to have a clear, lovely flavour coming through. So I'd use the semi-refined sugar in that mm -hmm. case. So that's cane sugars. Then you have, so under the idea of sap sweeteners, so that sap sweeteners, you've got cane sugars, you've got maple syrup. Mm -hmm. yeah? Beautiful sweetener. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really great when you're working in a dairy-free or a gluten-free kind of arena or especially a vegan arena because some of your flavours can be quite pronounced and maple syrup really helps to soothe that out. It's got such a fragrant, pretty flavour. Yeah. Um. You can also use maple sugar, which mm -hmm. is the maple, the water evaporated off. So you have these granules, divine, super expensive in Australia. Yeah. Um, so what else have you got in your sap sweeteners? Sorghum you'll probably get in some places in the world, that kind of thing. And then you have your, um, then you've got your, grain sweeteners that are maltose-based, like brown rice syrup, which I love, and I highly recommend the only one brand you use in Australia is Spiral. Yeah, I would be using the Pure Harvest. It's too refined. It's not not really much. The Spiral's much closer to its natural state. Mm -hmm. And that's tricky to use because that kind of toffee consistency that you see in the jar will um, – will not change when it's baked. So it doesn't add liquidity to it and it will give you a chewy end result and quite a crisp outer end result, which Good you might want in your spike. But brilliant. Sorry, for I had to. <laughs> You're making <laughs> me hungry. <laughs> brilliant because it's really great too when you've got kind of egg-free situations going on because it will help mm. stick things together. Yeah. Like it's great for muesli bars and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, there is barley. Uh, brown rice syrup or brown rice malt or barley malt, but barley malt strong. I don't mm. use it. I remember trying it years ago. <laughs> yeah, me too. Bit much. Um, and then you've got palm, yeah. palm sugars, which have been used very traditionally. But there's a real difference between the palm sugars. So you've got mm. palm tree with the sap, kind of, so to speak, which is really dark coloured. And then what coconut palm syrup or sugars is, you can get syrup too, is it's the nectar of the yeah. blossom from the coconut palm tree. Nectar is a very different kettle of fish to sap. Yes. Yeah? Much less liquidity in it. And that's why it, it, it when you reduce it down and evaporate off any of the liquid that's there, is a tricky baby to use. It's it, It's not highly sweet because it's got some degree of fructose in it as well. And not everybody might want to have fructose mm. in what they're having, yeah? Um, so that's those. And then you've got fruit juice concentrates, which, yeah, I'm not mad on for sweetening. Um, so that's the arena. And honey. Oh, and honey, forgot. <laughs> oh, my God, I love honey. Forgot, thank you. Love honey. Honey's my favourite. I love it. It's... um. A lot like um, 
It's a lot like brown rice syrup in that kind mm. of consistency. Um, I love it and gives that little lovely kind of little chew to a product. I love it. But so none of those, they are all wholesome and healthy. And when you're buying really high quality of those, which are more expensive, they're really good sweeteners to use. And indeed, in the natural home of, of Rapadura, which is Brazil and all those countries, it's considered a really healthful product. They used mm. to, back in the day, make a tonic out of it. Yeah. You know? mm. it's, there, there's nothing wrong with these things in in a wholesome and healthy diet. In the um, context of everything else. Exactly. Yeah. Life really all about context in it so is. many areas, you know, mm. balance, moderation, context. And so what's not good that's promoted as good because they're not sugar, which is really a very stupid argument, I think, because I think there's no understanding of what sugar is in the first place. Um, it's very similar to salt. You know, salt is evil. Well, yeah. if you refine it, <laughs> everything away from it, yeah, it's not going to do you any good. There's this lack of understanding of what salt really is in the first place. Yeah. But things like I'm sure you're aware of them, like xylitol, horrible product. Um, the sugar alcohols, there's lots of them. Xylitol is one of the sugar alcohols. I saw, what else did I see recently? And I'm going, seriously, it's Lakenko or Latenko or something like that. That's in the supermarket as a sweetener. There's an, there's quite a few popping up in the supermarket, which I am there for probably about two things in the supermarket to get the tea that I like <laughs> uh, and a couple of other bits. Um, but I don't use any of those. Yeah, you want... Basically, my kind of feeling is it's going to say if you can't make it in your own kitchen, then you probably don't want to be using it, But, but which is how they've done traditionally rapadura or maple syrup or coconut palm sugar or tapping trees for sap, you know. That's, a, that's my feeling, Jo. Yeah, I'm just muting myself now and then. Sorry, guys, because um, there's a lot of noise in the background here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just really want to know, like, why? Okay, so people are trying to lose weight, for instance. Yep. Or they're struggling with um, diabetes or, you know, all these different things that are related to the sweeteners in their food. Um, but it's not just related to that. But that's that's sort of where people go with their thinking as soon as they think diabetes. They just think, well, take out the sugar and swap it for something that won't affect my blood sugar levels or um, with, you know, losing weight, they straight away think we'll take out the sugar and just put in a fake sugar. So what would you suggest for these people who just really, you know, I guess that's their focus. Um, like I always say to people, the sweetener you use really depends on your focus, your health goals, but it also is a matter of, I guess, how much of those sweet things you eat. So you can, Anyway, I would love for you to talk about that. So what I I would say to that person, first of all, is that you are treating the symptom and you are not attending to the cause, okay? It's like if you have water in a river fouling up 
and you see and you so you add things into the water to try and fix that up or you swap what you're putting into the water to fix it up you are not attending to the problem which is probably much further downstream which is a log or something jamming it up yeah and i think this is very much a magic bullet approach of our society okay so i probably just going to leave the diabetes one for a minute um because you would have to address that a lot more slowly i think that and I think we, again, that magic bullet, we want things done overnight. These things don't happen overnight. So for losing weight, I think that what comes into losing weight is denial. So that's, and as soon as you start denying yourself something, you will want it. Yeah. Now, I'm not a losing weight guru, but how I was brought up, like my mum never went past probably a size 12, I don't think. Um, but I have to say that so, and I, I was, I've never had issues with weight. Like I was always like an eight and 10 until I probably hit menopause. But the last three years were really difficult for me, really stressful. There was a lot of difficult situations as my mother really aged and, and death, um, around, and I actually, my digestion for the, I've got the most robust digestion went, okay? No, and I had put, that's not what it did. And I had put on quite a lot of weight. And if I try and lose weight, and I'll put it back on again this winter, <laughs> but in come spring, what I am going to do and how I find works for me is that I just keep eating how I eat but I have a better breakfast, a better lunch, a better dinner. And that's the core whole food principle, choose meals over snacks. If you exist on snacks, you'll put on weight. No two ways about it because your body's like, oh, 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 when am I going to get my nutrients? I need nutrients to survive. I need fuel. Um, so I, but I have, but I always have good breakfasts and good lunches and good dinners anyway. But I don't change my routine, but I, I kind of make sure I have, I've got food on hand so I don't get hungry, that disaster for me. And I still have something sweet for morning tea. Because the minute I don't have something sweet for morning tea, and I'm talking like right now, it's like a honey prune loaf. Yeah. yeah. This weekend, I'm going to be making lemon marshmallow slice. I saw that. Once I've had. <laughs> A little bit, and just a, you know, I have a good bit. Yeah, I'm fine. It's like mm. that's great. I'm good. So, I'm, but just reducing my kind of serves of everything. So I'm not denying myself. Yeah, and it might take a little bit more time to lose weight, but it's successful. Yeah, and I think you're right. As soon as you start going, well, I can't have this, and I can't have that. It just becomes disaster yeah and and you usually don't last all that long right you usually don't you just because, binge <laughs> well you don't last long denial is is a really trying to think of the right word it's powerful denial yeah. and I mean it's powerful against you mm. you know the more yeah. you deny the more it's going to blow back on you yeah um, yeah I find if I just have one little treat homemade yep wholesome nutrient dense 
high in good fats per day, I feel so, I feel so like, oh, yeah, I've had my treat. And But it, if it, I don't have any, it? I'll go for a couple of days and I'll be like, no, I'm just going to have really basic meat and veg for a few days and then I'm yep. just like, I just want a little bit of chocolate. <laughs> and, and that's fine. There's nothing yeah. This is the thing. It's that's not a bad thing it's to do. Not. What what trying to lose weight to, and I'm not a losing weight guru, yeah. but when it comes to sweetness, it's like trying to do it too fast mm. or too much denial. It's going to blow back on you. Mm. you know? Um. So the, I I think with diabetes, slightly different. I think really rather it's a reappraisal of your foundational approach to eating yeah. is my personal feeling about that. And if I had a client in that situation, that's what I'd be doing with them. And that involves a lot of things. So yes. I'll be focusing on that sweetness straight away. I'd be looking at what's going on foundationally. Um, and a core part of that for many people is that they don't have time. And so having time, and, and this is also for losing weight as well. You have to be organised. Um, and that's why, you know, I, you do the meal planning, your meal planning emails and newsletters and even on Insta, you're so good at that, you know, that that it's so critical. So I do the Get Organised program for that. But it's like once you take a look at what's going on foundationally, if you are going to change how you're eating, you've got issues with weight or diabetes or whatever, or you've got allergies or you've got intolerances or whatever. Once you get your head around what foundational issues are going on, then I think your next step is you need to tidy up or get organised. You need to get organised. And, and your most powerful get organising tool is meal planning. And the more detailed that meal plan can be, the more time you'll save during the week. And the reason why I think that's your next step is because once you free up your headspace of like, oh, my God, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? There's nothing there. There's nothing food on hand. So, And that's always a disaster, you know. Um, once you free up some time, you can start then going, okay, now I can begin to take some of that foundational stuff on board or now I can begin to learn to cook perhaps a nice wholesome little slice with a little bit of sweetness in it, um, that kind of thing, yeah? I just finished writing something just before the podcast on um, tips for saving money on on eating well on a budget. And um, one of the things I talked about was learning to enjoy cooking. And the first step is learning to make the time or find time or reorganize so that you have the time to, um, to enjoy cooking. Because if you're rushed and stressed, you're not going to enjoy it. And you're going to just like, well, I hate cooking. I've, I've had this conversation with so many people lately. They're like, I hate cooking. I offered, I've got this friend who's living here for a little while and I said to her, when you go home, I'll give you one of my cookbooks. She goes, oh, no, I don't, I don't cook. I'm like, well, you know, if you just maybe try a few of the recipes, they're really simple. And she's like, I don't have time to cook. And I'm like, well, that's what it is. It's the time. I said, you've just got to find some time in your week that you can carve out 
that you can go, right, this is my focused cooking time. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to put on some music. I'm going to have a nice tidy kitchen. I'm going to have a plan and I'm going to get in there and enjoy it, preferably with, with someone else if you can, like friends or kids or something. And um, she's like, yeah, you're right. It's all about the rush, the constant rush. I don't enjoy it because I'm always in a rush. And I just think that's so true. It's like <laughs> so true. But the thing is, like, if it, I think, again, it's this kind of magic bullet kind of approach that society that we have, we're looking for quick fixes. Whereas ultimately cooking from scratch and all those other core whole food principles are your most they foundational core principles for a reason is because you're building a strong foundation and you can only have a house stand or your health or your family's health or society and community's health stand on foundations. You know, it doesn't matter what you're building, you need strong foundations. And and I think, again, Michael Pollan, who I love in his book Cooked, he's got a beautiful quote. Or it might be, he might have been quoting Wendell Berry, I think, um, the American um, agrarianist. I think that's the right word to describe it, where he says, what else is there more important than cooking or building the bodies of those you love? Kind of something like that and looking after that. And, and I, I think this is so true. I also think in, I think, and you see a lot of kind of, spiritual or help guides talk about this but in get organized we have a chapter in there where it's like what really matters and I think at, at, at regular intervals in your life you need to stop and work out what matters to you so you can work out where you're going so let's just say I'm in Perth and I set out to drive to Sydney, but I'm not looking at my map of where I want to go. And I might just start veering off just a very little bit. And if I keep on going in that direction without checking in, I'm going to end up, well, probably end up up there with you, which would be fine. Which would be nice. Come. Come <laughs> Where, where it mattered to me. So yeah. uh, I think that at certain regular intervals in your life, you want to work out what matters, and I have a range of questions that help you do that, and then what is not serving you, you know? So what are you doing that is filling your time that you might not, that is not serving you or your family or those that you love or you don't believe in or is not matching what matters to you? And I think that helps not only free up time, but I think it helps to a deeper sense of, um, I guess you could say, a more authentic way of living your life, one that makes you a little bit happier, um, for want of a better word. Um, and I think that's a really big aspect in all of this. And these are the things that I would talk about for people that want to lose weight. I like it's if we ask people to change, we have to be able to free up space for them to have time to take on board learning new skills. And exactly. cooking is a learnt skill. Yep. Understanding, like it's like when they go shopping, they're like, it's no wonder 
they're like they've hit with so much marketing about you know sugar's evil coconut palm sugar is the you know returning messiah and it's great there's nothing wrong with it but it's not the one and only or or the latenko or sugar alcohol because it's not sugar and it's not it, I was going to say it's not their fault. That's not actually right because there's never fault. It's that that we're just so bombarded. Life is so hectic. It's so chaotic. We have to help create that space for them to learn what and why and how. And then the changes start happening. Totally agree. We do the same in our program for gut health. The That's very such a great program, Joe. The whole first week is all about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Knowing the why, working yeah. out which direction you need to go and want to go, and find carving out the space um, yeah. in your life for those changes. Because yeah, you can't do it um, in the. You can't yeah. do it in chaos. You can't you calm things you down. Can't. You got It's like it's like you can't heal when your nervous system is like, you've got to calm that nervous system down. You can't learn new skills until you've calmed your brain down enough to fit new skills, (laughs) if that makes sense. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 So with the chemical sweeteners that you touched on just a little bit, um, so I see this a lot. People will take a recipe of mine where I've used beautiful whole food sweeteners like honey or dates or coconut sugar, um, and even rapadura, and people will say, well, you know, that that recipe is not very healthy because you've used sweeteners. I changed it to xylitol, erythritol, whatever toll. And then they'll share that with their community and say, now this is a good recipe, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> so, Yeah. I think it's it comes back to the education thing, Joe. It's like it's yes, you can go through and explain to them that um, you can give them. Uh, there was some great stuff on Western Price. Mm, uh, actually, there is about the sugar alcohols and stuff like that. But um, the thing is, it's a broader. You can give them that, but. Sometimes that doesn't really make an indentation because it's, again, it's the broader discussion of what is healthful. Mm-hmm. It's the broader discussion of, of how of how foods are produced. You yeah. know, it's a broader discussion of your body can only understand. It, it's, for example, a better way of describing it is, so I've got a Mac, I've got to have Word on it, you know, Microsoft Word, so I have to have that just, you know, PowerPoint, you you just have to have it. Yeah. I trot down to the shop and I get Microsoft Word, bring it back, put it on, doesn't work. And I don't go, oh, my God, I'm Microsoft intolerant or I'm allergic to Microsoft. (laughs) I go, oh, my God, I've got the wrong one. I've got Microsoft for a PC, not Microsoft for Mac. (laughs) And it's this broad conversation or this part of the broad conversation that's missing that a human body cannot understand or utilise appropriately what is not real. And we come into a whole 
anthroposophical discussion upon what is real. And Thomas Cowan does that really well. An MD, he's since resigned from the medical profession because they absolutely hammered him over COVID. And he talks, you know, like this is your body's physical and spiritual. It understands what's real. It doesn't understand what's manipulated by man. Like it doesn't understand homogenized um, low-fat milk. It can't use it. It's why so many people are intolerant to it because it doesn't understand it. It doesn't work in the way the body has designed to handle dairy milk in those cultures that have grown up with it, yeah? Mm -hmm. And it's the same with this. It's like you can have that conversation and say, well, look, it's, it's going to draw liquid into your gut. It's not digested in the gut. Um, it's going to imbalance other nutrients in, and minerals in your body, and you're going to probably end up with a lot of cramping in your stomach and anal leakage. Hmm. Uh, and you can go through that with, but it's not going to impact because there's as much because there's not an understanding foundation. I personally think you're better off in 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 building the education of that more foundational issues of those principles those whole food principles yeah um it's like I've heard this example before when they're checking if money is um real or Mm. like notes are real or they're forged it's forged is that the word yeah I know what you mean you know what I mean yeah fraudulent yeah um they get the people to that are that are checking notes to handle a lot of real notes until they're so good at telling what's real that they can, as soon as they see a fake one they know it straight away yeah. and if you train yourself to know what's real and um you know what your body needs as soon as you see a fake one you're like mm, that's not right <laughs> you know what I mean it, that's very true mm. well but I, I would say just uh, oh monk fruit is another one that's I think mm. another uh, sweetener look up I'm a big fan of traditional, Yeah. Um, what has been used, and this is part of food culture, what has been used traditionally, mm. you know, and in in for building wholesome and healthy bodies. And there's a wide range of sweeteners that have been used to do that. Mm. And when you veer away from that, you know, it's not going to bode well. Yeah. We go into unknown territory. <laughs> we do. And the body knows, you know, yeah. the body knows. But I think what you brought up is a really, and what your that kind of readership brings up is the really interesting aspect of what's going on in society again is that that health or wholesome or nourishing is wildly fractionalized now. Yeah. You know, the raw food movement did a whole lot to help that fractionalization. Mm-hmm. And the vegan movement is definitely, you know. Mm-hmm. these days um and but no one takes the time to look at 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 what makes this thing bad mm. and what makes the thing I'm going to replace it with healthy yeah and that takes time and consideration and an openness yeah and I think that's where you are mm. with and to and and me with we're working on it in a foundational arena 
And once we can get more of that to people, that's when they can begin to change. But you are in a highly fractionalised environment. Yeah. And getting worse. Yeah. Actually, it's not getting better. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a lot to be said for just really, I think we were talking about this before we started the podcast, before we started recording, about um, when I am posting on social media or sharing my thoughts on my blogs, I'm not a scientist or a nutritionist or I'm showing how to do things practically and what I've learned from um, from my own observation and what I've seen um, human beings thriving on in different cultures and throughout history from my research and things like that. And I can share that and be confident in that and know that those principles, those whole food principles work. They've worked for my family. They've worked for me. They've worked for everybody who applies them. Um, and I may not be able to explain to you all the scientific details of why a certain chemical sweetener is not amazing for you, but I can say, just come back to the principles. Has it been used for thousands of years and really benefited humans in their diet? Um, is it something you can make at home or at least, you know, somebody could make at home? Um, is it something that we know has nutrients that the body can absorb and use? Um, you know, is it close to nature and just get people to think that through for themselves. And then so many things just become clear and you don't need a science degree to figure it out. I think you're absolutely spot on. And I think, again, that's that idea of Michael Pollan talking about nutritionalism. It's like what you were talking about, that is food culture. Mm. That is the wisdoms that have been handed down for generations that have got humans to where we are today. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what's been lost with this marked, well, actually, it's not even science. You know, no, the, that's true. I was going to say because the 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 xylitol thing, the I don't know about the Latenko or something like that, or Garve. I didn't mention mm. Garve because it's not something I use. Same. Which are very new and novel ingredients that couldn't happen unless there were high-tech factories. Yeah, and, right. And 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 what do you call them? And laboratories. Mm. Okay. And what was I going to say there? So it's it's not even you know I was going to say Michael Pollan talks about you know like learning to trust the scientists. In fact, in that book, I can't remember which one. It's certainly not cooked. It was before that. In defense of food, I think yep. he talks a lot about this issue of nutritionalism, where where traditional wisdom being passed down was absolutely propagandized you know it was absolutely set destroyed consciously mm-hmm. so in the promotion of the trust the science yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. but the science as he is saying unfortunately is very much just basically science so that they can sell a product to you yeah. and make money out of it and so even the science that um that some of these extreme paradigms of of eating, um, and I include in them raw, I include in them paleo, I include in them vegan, mm-hmm. they can't even justify, you know, what's they they can't even justify with science that that it works, you know. And 
I think it's really interesting to see that that there are people from those paradigms that have turned against those paradigms as mm. well now these days. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you may need to have a strict diet for a short time oh. for healing and you're the one, like, you're the first one to say that first. because Jude was the one that first recommended GAPS to us when we were so unwell and that was a that was for a time and then we eased back into the much wider whole, whole foods than we could have before GAPS because we healed and that's different than just... Yeah, I think that's I think that's really important. I mean, there's mm. nothing. I enjoy dairy free and animal free food mm -hmm. every night, quite often. Actually, Some, yes, there's meals and things that you make like there's that. Yeah, things, but I, but it's not something as a paradigm for eating. Yeah, it's not the end all of the and, and I think that when I talk about paleo, I think I don't have. I think there are times you don't want to be eating carbohydrate. Mm. But I'm sorry, a paleo man was not eating flying in almonds and Brazil nuts and pistachios and coconut oil and coconut palm sugar to make to make his diet to eat. Mm. You know, he would have eaten whatever he could have got hold of, including grain. And much simpler. And so and much simpler. Yeah. But there are times you don't you want to be eating in a more, I guess, paleo way and also yeah. seasonality has a huge part to do with it as well it does yeah very different in sin that's this this seasonality eating in season mm. is really a, a, a core healthy principle too yeah so yeah. it all yeah it just keeps coming back to context doesn't it it's, it really does and yeah, um, really sweeteners um when we're talking about sweeteners if you're if you're trying to lose weight or if you are diabetic or if you just want to cut down on sugars, um, having dessert as a treat um, and not an everyday thing or um, reducing sweeteners in recipes and things like that, they all help. And it doesn't mean you have to go to a non-sugar, <laughs> a chemical no, sweetener. But no. you know, there's another little aspect to that as well. Yeah. And it's something that we I talk about in Get Organised and it's this joy and deliciousness and nutrients in their own right. So when I'm meal planning in my week, I try it so I have power basics and then I have meal categories because if I can categorise something from a whole lot of things to a smaller group of things, it, that works for me. Mm -hmm. But one of those categories is called feeding the love meal. And feeding the love meal is, is the meal that, you like lasagna or moussaka mm -hmm. or chicken and leek pie, mm -hmm. you know, that take more time to prepare. Yeah. But you love and yes. they satiate you on a very different level. And yep. when you have got that in your week, yeah, and I'm a big fan of building up in the freezer, making twice, you know, yep. making blah, Same. blah, all mm -hmm. of that. But when you have got that in your week, it's a very different week. Yeah, it's something to look forward to for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's this broad concept of joy and deliciousness and nutrients in their own right might not always be sweet. And maybe you might be a person that if you're losing weight or, or if you're diabetic, that if you got those things in your week that you love, or at least somewhere in your week, you might be okay without sweetness. But for me, I like something sweet. I, mm. I that 
very much along my kind of Ayurvedic kind of mm -hmm. type. I like something a bit sweet. And I'm better when I have that and I yeah. can lose weight and still have that little bit. Yeah. 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 No, it, it does. It makes sense. It's looking at the big picture and having that balanced viewpoint, I think, makes a huge difference. I, I think and 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 if I could encourage your listeners the thing, and I know that you do this too, so I think we're both very much on that same path, mm -hmm. is that focus on your foundational principles. Yes. It's, that really can right a ship fairly quickly. Yep. Mm -hmm. I agree totally. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone wants to have a look at the foundational principles, do you have them on your website somewhere, the ones that you've oh. written out? feel like I've read them somewhere on your... Yeah, you, you, um, I've got a manifesto. That's right. And But I'm just thinking where it is. And the only place <laughs> where it is at the moment, actually, is when you subscribe to my newsletter, which there is just on the home front. So I can put when, the link in the notes. Okay, so yeah. when you... I send out what, monthly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a bit like that too. Monthly, <laughs> I'm... A, I'm it just gets a bit full on sometimes. It does. Someone said to me, your dispatches are too long, Jude. Yeah, that's my problem. I put them, I make them so long because I'm trying to catch up because I can't keep up with them. <laughs> I do the same thing. We are so similar. <laughs> but, yeah, and so I send out a, a few. In fact, I actually, you get one, when you sign up, you get four emails okay. and giving you um whole food principles, basic recipe with a why, a what and a why about that recipe. So, and you can download manifesto and there's also a link to a video as well. So wow. that's the easiest. That sounds good. All right, we'll 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 get the link for that and put that below. And also for your latest baking course, whole food baking, oh, can you tell us quickly about that? Or is next year. It's next year. Okay. It's bigger than Ben Hur. Oh my so, goodness, I can imagine. I've been to one of your four day courses and there was so yes. much packed into that. That's I guess bigger. it's bigger, it's a lot bigger than that. It is. It's a lot yeah. bigger than that. Um there's two really big classes online. There's a few classes, but the homemade pantry that I do with Holly, yeah. um, we'll be doing that in February. Oh, exciting. And yeah, that's a big class, really good fat. Is that one bacon. fermenting and preserving as well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not preserving. I'm doing no. preserving in okay. November. Um, November. Do that live round. Whole food baking. So it's really it's it's all your whole basic ingredients. Um, it's your basic techniques because they're really critical when it comes to conversion. Why this class has got so big is because I'm going into conversion in a big way yes. as well. Yeah, because people always wanting to know how to convert so it's conversion in a long way and it makes every recipe writing take twice as long but it's it's twice as useful exactly so I'm looking I was hoping to have it out this year but it's just not going to happen and I'm yep. beyond stressing myself good so rest okay. <laughs> I think it will be so I'm shooting for probably May next year yeah it'll be the second one I do now and it's exciting yeah yeah I can't wait to see it yeah <laughs> um so definitely go and follow Jude on 
Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are. When I post, I'm very sketchy. Yeah, but when she does post, it's going to (laughs) make you hungry. I just warn you. (laughs) Lots of great ideas and definitely have a look at her cookbooks because they are wonderful. And I realized I've lent one of mine out to someone and I need to figure out who it is (laughs) and get it back. (laughs) You need little books, don't you, to write down I know. My dad always used to do that, write it in there. Um, But... (laughs) I will have to find it because I was looking for my whole food baking book to show someone. I was like, oh, no, I've lent it out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're, they're just such, um, well, you are such a wealth of knowledge. So thank you so much for sharing with us oh. today. It was so good to catch up and chat. How? It's, it's been just, ages. It's been ages. And it's I know. Just, <laughs> I, I mean, I blink these days and, like, weeks have gone by. <laughs> Oh, months. Lovely, Joe. It's just lovely, yeah. lovely to be here. And it's been so lovely to be here with each and every one of you that's listening as well. Yes, um, thank you, guys. Yeah. So wonderful, nice. Wonderful, wonderful um, team, um, not team, but wonderful listeners going on there, Joe. Community, yeah, yeah. it Community. is. That's the word I was that's looking for. That's the word. Um, All right. But maybe um, if, yeah, if. If they want to ask you anything, is it good to go onto your social media? Is that good? No, I'm hopeless with social media. (laughs) Um, Seriously, I am. Um, You can, um, and I will. It might take a while. Sometimes easier to just email me. Yeah, and that's through your website. On my website, there's a contact. Much easier just to do that. I'm 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 in email and on my computer every day. Yeah. Instagram and Facebook, not so much. Oh, that's probably a good thing. Uh, Well, thank you, Jude. We love you so much. We're so happy that we have you to tell us all these wonderful tidbits and just I've learned so much from you over the years. So thank you. We're sharing the love, Joe, is what we're doing. We're sharing the love. (laughs) And ultimately that's what it's all about. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Joe. Big hug to you. You too. Bye. Mwah.